Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. Merry Christmas, Calvary Church family, and welcome to our Christmas Eve candlelight family service, my favorite services of the entire year. We're so, so glad that you've joined us today, uh, both those here in the house and those of you that are online. Uh, we want to welcome all of you who are friends, family, guests, uh, and extended family, whoever's invited you. We are so glad that you're here to celebrate with us. And just as a quick reminder, next Sunday is our family blessing service. Uh, we've got two services at our regular service times next Sunday at 9 and 10.30. So don't miss this opportunity that we have as a church family to come together uh, as we pray for you and God's blessing on your life and on your family as we step into the coming new year. This is a great way to end the year strong and to start the new year off right. And today we're also bringing our Heaven Came Down series, our Christmas message series, to a close as well. Now, this series has been grounded in a powerful prophecy about a coming Messiah and the fulfillment of a promised hope, something the world is still in desperate need of today. Hope is, is something that we can all use on a daily basis. And the prophet Isaiah, he describes a coming king. And he uses titles that could only be rightfully attributed to God himself. Isaiah 9, 6 once again says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. All of those we've covered over the last few weeks, and today, Prince of peace. So the last title, the last messianic title that Isaiah gives for Jesus is Prince of Peace. Now peace is something that still, still seems today to be lacking in many people's lives. And it's not just because of war in certain parts of our world. But the truth is, is that no matter who we are, peace is available to all of us, each and every one of us, when we discover the source of that peace. And even though God's people, back in the day of Isaiah, and he gave this prophecy, even though people waited for hundreds of years for the promised Messiah, today is a little different. People don't like waiting for the light to turn green. They don't like going online and having their internet not properly working and it starts buffering. People get frustrated. People lose their cool. Nobody likes to stand in line at the grocery store or anywhere. We just don't like waiting. It's not something that we're particularly fond of. And while we wait, usually, what happens over time is that people begin to lose their peace, and it gets replaced by fear sometimes, anxiety, and even anger. You know, Pastor Susan and I, uh, a couple of days ago, we had an appointment that we had to go to, but we were driving in the car, and I looked at the gas gauge, and I realized, man, we are running on fumes. We need to stop and get some gas. So ahead of me, was a gas station, so I pulled in, as I normally do. And there was two pumps on the right side, and so usually I would pull past the first one, go to the second one, so that there's room for whoever comes in behind me. 
Well, as I kind of passed that first pump, I noticed a big sign on the second one that you wouldn't see until you got a little closer to it. And there was even an orange cone in front of it. It said, out of order. And so I went, oh, okay, fine, that's fine. So I, I just backed up just a bit so that then I stopped in front of that first gas pump. Well, as soon as I did, there was a guy in a, in a big pickup truck who just zoomed in right up to my bumper. It, it caught me off guard. I looked in my rearview mirror, and I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Like, he, he was upset. He was truly upset. I could see him in my rearview mirror just losing his mind. He was screaming at me. He was waving his hands. He was, you know, giving me some unholiday-like gestures. You know, he was, he was truly upset. He was very angry. He was angry that I didn't pull up to the next pump, and I stopped short of it and didn't let him pull forward. And so my window was down just a bit. His, I could tell, was down all the way. And his truck was kind of <laughs> rocking back and forth, you know, uh, responding to his anger. And so I kind of loudly out the window said, it's out of order, like that. Now, what I wanted to say is, you, sir, are out of order. But I didn't. I kept the peace. I said, it's out of order. And so he could hear me. And immediately, he started making other gestures. And these were gestures of embarrassment. He was going, oh, you could see him back there. I'm so sorry. He's knocking on his head. What have I done? I'm so sorry. I understand. My bad. My bad. Like he's doing, making all of these kind of motions back and forth. You know, people today, I don't know what it is, but people seemed to be wound a little tighter than, than normal. And they need peace like never before. And I think this time of the year, and I think it's related to this, these services that we have here at church, my favorite, one of my favorite songs at this time of year is Silent Night. But for many, many people, their nights are anything but silent, right? People seem to be grasping at straws, trying to keep peace in their lives, and it's almost like sand or water as it just kind of drains between our fingers. People seem to be trying to grab onto it, but unable to hold it in their life. As a matter of fact, I think very few people today, if you ask them how their life is going, I don't think many people would say, it's so peaceful. It's incredibly peaceful. I'm having a, a peaceful life right now. Most people wouldn't say that at all. Um, as a matter of fact, they, they kind of feel like, you know, there's always something to deal with. I just get finished with this situation, and then suddenly there's a new one that pops up, and now I'm dealing with that. But Silent Night is, is more than a Christmas carol. It's more than a kind of a holiday fantasy. The truth is it can be a reality in our lives. So where along the way is the, the disconnect? Well, I think to, to understand it better, we need to start with the angels account in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 to 14. It says, suddenly... A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Now, I've said this before, but most people think that what comes next is the words, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Now, no matter how many times Charlie Brown says it, and we watch that Christmas special, that's not exactly what it says. It says on earth, peace. Not peace on earth, because there's actually no such thing as as a fully peaceful planet. Uh, and even in Scripture, there's only one verse in the Bible where the phrase peace on earth is, is noted, and it's in the book of Matthew. When Jesus says, 
I didn't come to bring peace on earth. Wait a minute, back up the truck. Like, what, what do you mean he didn't come to, to bring peace? Well, the goal for Jesus wasn't to make the whole planet peaceful, but it was as the planet becomes increasingly less peaceful, that you and I would have an opportunity to have peace in our lives, that he could guide us through the chaos by coming into a personal relationship with him. So, so our peace is connected directly to our connection to God or our lack of it. So on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So how do you receive that favor? How do we receive favor from God in the midst of chaos? Well, we do that by experiencing a very real and tangible personal relationship with the Prince of Peace himself. Peace is a gift that, that Jesus gave everything he had his entire life. He shed his blood. He gave everything he could for you and I to pay for that gift. And so my prayer, my prayer as we go into Christmas and even all the expectations that come with a day like this and tomorrow, my, my prayer is that, that you will experience more peace in your life, more peace in your family, more peace in your marriage and in your finances than you've ever experienced before. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift. This is the gift that you definitely want to have under your tree this Christmas. And you didn't even need to wait to find it there. You can find it today in this moment. John 14, 27, again, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I gift isn't fragile like the peace that the world gives. You see, the peace the world gives is counterfeit. It's weak, it's fragile, it can be broken, it's connected to the moment. It's got an expiry date on it. It's at the end of a vacation or the end of a, uh, at the end of a bottle or a, 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 you know, end of the, a prescription that you have. It's, it's at the end of, of a comfort that comes and goes. It, it stops. But this peace he gives is not that. Because the world has a substitute, a fake. It's an artificial peace that, that always crumbles under the weight of circumstance when that pressure comes. So again, this peace, this peace that Jesus said I'm bringing is not that at all. This peace is strong. It's durable. It's reliable. It's a peace that you can always count on, especially when you need it the most. So Isaiah's prophecy of the, the one who would come and, and bring this peace was given 700 years before Jesus was born. That still just amazes me. 700 years before the, the first Christmas that would forever change the world and would change our lives. And Isaiah called him the Prince of Peace. Now, interestingly enough, in the Hebrew, it's actually two words, Sar Shalom. Sar is where we get the English word for prince. And although this is not the best translation, it actually means the, the one in charge. So not prince like Prince Charming, it's more like royalty. Uh, it's, it's Sar means Lord, general. It means chief. It's, it's where we would eventually get the word that the Romans first used for Tsar, which then would become Caesar. It means the ruler, the one in charge, the Lord. But why the prince of peace? Why not the, the king of peace? 
Well, a, a prince acts under the authority of his father, the king. That becomes a little bit more clear. And so while Jesus is fully God, equal with his father, he brings peace as an emissary, as a messenger from the father. So his role as prince of peace is directly tied to his role as savior, accomplishing the mission that his father sent him to accomplish. Now, for the word peace is the word shalom. Now, many of us are more familiar with the word shalom. It's a Jewish greeting, right? People say shalom. But it literally means rest or tranquility. It means wholeness, completeness, or contentment. So put these together, and it means that he's the captain or lord of rest and tranquility. He's the general or the, the, the one who, who's in charge of contentment. He's the prince of peace. Now, I don't want you to, to miss that. I don't want to go past that too quickly. Jesus is peace. He's the captain of it. It's not something he has. It's something that he is. Jesus is peace. Peace is Jesus. So today when I'm giving you and bringing a message about uh, peace, I'm giving you a message about Jesus himself. Again, you have to understand that the two are one. Because if you know him, you're automatically going to have that peace available in your life especially when the wind blows and circumstance comes. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 14 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. You know, countries have tried to achieve this. Treaties and ceasefires and political leaders have tried to pull off peace, but they can't do it. You see, it's not just about the guns and the weapons and the planes and, and the explosives. Because if you have war in a man's heart, he will eventually find a way to bring war within his life. And that affects everyone around him. But true peace can't be achieved or understood or experienced unless you know him. It's impossible for you to have true peace without personally knowing Jesus. It's not something you, you have. You can't order it on Amazon. You can't pay for it because he is peace. To experience peace is to know the prince of peace in a personal way. Peace is not the absence of something like conflict, but it's the presence of someone in your life, like the prince of peace. So my goal today is that each and every one of you would, would know the, the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And that your life would be lived in such a way that you would lead others to him. And that peace would go where you go. Now let me give you one more verse. And this is my prayer for all of you on this Christmas Eve. As we come to the end of another year and prepare for a new one. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that may you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If hope is something you're lacking today, if peace is something that continues to elude you, then it would be my great honor as we close our service before we light our candles and pray that you would receive this gift, the gift of knowing personally 
the Prince of Peace. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, right now I pray for every person watching our broadcast or every person gathered here in the house. And I pray that today each of us would know you, that we would know peace as you abide within us. And for those of you that, that don't, that peace has been something you haven't been able to achieve on your own, that hope is lacking, today all of that can change with a simple acknowledgement of what Christ did on the cross for you. He came and he laid his life down for the forgiveness of your sins so that that barrier between you and God could be broken down and that you would be reunited. Today, if that's you, wherever you are, pray this simple prayer with me and you can receive that gift today. Father God, I recognize that, that you sent your son to die for me. And Jesus, I thank you that you gave everything for my peace. I recognize that, that your blood was shed for me, that your body was broken for me. Come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, be my Lord and Savior, and help me to proclaim the good news, the message of the Prince of Peace, that it would continue to be lived out in my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Father, I thank you for all those that made that decision. And I pray for everyone else here today that knows you but, but maybe has strayed. And maybe today their hope is under fire. I pray that today they would be reunited, reconnected, and filled with the joy that is their strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, as we turn our attention today to the Christ candle, and we bring our season of Advent to a close, we're reminded of the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should ever stay in darkness. Which brings us to this moment in our service on Christmas Eve that all of us have been looking forward to all year. It's time in this moment to take the candle that you were given when you come in the door or the, the glow sticks that the kids were given. If you're at home or wherever, wherever you're watching around the world, go and get yourself a candle so that you can join us in this moment as we prepare to experience the light that Christ has brought into the darkness. And today that light will fill this dark room and it will be a picture of that same light that is so desperately needed in a, a dark world today. So as our worship team joins me and we light our candles, let's sing Silent Night together. <laughs> 